Shape I'm in. Here is another bag. And bored in and we're just recording a podcast. My name is Matt Cohen. And I'm Jesse Rivers. And what up, folks? We like geek shit to talk about. Just to give you the shivers. Wow, I was gonna go that angle. What's up, folks? I'm Matt Cohen. <laughs> Jesse Rivers. Welcome to the fourth episode of Bagged and Boarded. Wow, Jess. I got a question for you, sir. Go for it. Have you ever dated a chick that looked like Frankenstein? No. I have. Have you really? I didn't date. I you penetrated the chick? I penetrated the chick that looked like Frankenstein. Like which Frankenstein? Like the uh, the universal incarnation of it or like just a folk, the, the young Frankenstein? Did, it look, did she look like Peter Boyle? You gotta be, you gotta, you gotta come more specific than that, well, you she, know? She was, she was just big and Was she stocky. taller than you? She, well, that's kind of hard to do. Did she uh, have bolts sticking out of her head? Her neck. Her neck. Did you grab onto them during during uh, it was fun during the ride? It was fun. Did you really fuck a chick like Frankenstein? See the, the, the size. Why? Why what? Why why did I do it? Yeah. All right. Well, in Bama, Southern Bama, yeah. we're right above Gulf Shores, and every spring break in high school, everybody goes to Gulf Shores and has a party for a week. Um. So we all go to Gulf Shores, and everybody's getting pussy except me. So, I get the first girl that comes along and... It's Frankenstein? I've never had that mentality. Of what? Default sex for the sake of sex. Oh, man, that's where I got half my shit from. Yeah, no, that's why, That's why. like, t- t- luckily I don't have that many chicks. I, 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 I'm like, oh, yeah, when I think about it, you know what I mean? <laughs> I, I have a couple. It's standards over... Because uh, I jerk off a lot, you know what I mean? Who at, doesn't? The, at the end of the day, though... I never look back in my masturbation sessions like, oh my god, that was awful, I shouldn't have done that. You know what I mean? So the way I think about it, like, if I'm ever that fucking horned up that I that I really needed that badly, and the only person around is a chick that looks like Frankenstein, my hand looks like Ava Gardner in that situation. <laughs> so you would rather have your hand than a... Would I rather have average... Ava Gardner than Frankenstein? No, yes. No, no, I'm saying you'd rather have your hand than a subpar below than average... a person I'm not attracted to? Eh, well... She had a nice face. Were you attracted to her? Not really. So yeah, no, I wouldn't... I hope she's not listening, because she probably knows who she is. Uh, like, I've been... I've, I've almost gone down that road a few times. Like, I remember specifically one time... Uh, you never taken one for the team? Like, you and, you and your friend go out, and your friend can hook up with a hot chick, but you have to hook I've up with a hot I've taken one for the so team, but not, not, not to, to fucking home plate. Really? Yeah, I've never fucked one for the team. I have. Yeah, nah, dude. Nah, nah. They, but they, they try, the, the uglier the girl, the harder they try. I can't, man. I'm a fucking nervous wreck of a Jew. Like, we live in a world of fucking STDs and, and triplets. By the way, alright, <laughs> so this might be... Whatever, I don't even care if it's fucked up. It's a genuine thought I had and I want to discuss it. Okay. Alright. Let's say, let's say you're, you're a really poor family. You're, you're a lower, lower middle class family. You're barely scraping by as it is. A husband and a wife, right? Right, right. The wife gets pregnant. 
All right. All right. Th- that's that's the case regardless. So okay, they get pregnant and like, uh oh, we're having a baby, but it's it's a blessing. We're kind of fucked financially. Right. We might not be able to, to provide for this baby as best as we could, but we're gonna try. Then the woman goes into the doctor and finds out she's pregnant with triplets. Is it ethical? Is it ethical to abort two? Do they ever abort parts of twins? And trip- just like one? one yes. Of them? Can a, can the parents decide? They're like, look, we're not in a financial place. We want a child. We don't want show two children. We want to abort one of the twins, so we can provide this one child a better life. That's a very good question. I, you know what it came from? I was watching a show on like Discovery Health or something, and it was. And obviously, like, you know, poor family. The guy was, like, a janitor at a high school or something. The wife w- w- worked in, uh, like, a hospital. And, like, they were barely getting by as it is. They talked about how, like, it was before the pregnancy. They are talking about how they were going to have to make huge sacrifices for the baby. And, you know, blah, 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 blah. And they go in there and they find out they're having triplets. And, like, they're just floored. Right. But there's never a moment of, like, oh, my God, our lives are over. Because that's what that means. Doesn't it? You now have five mouths to prevent. That, provide for as opposed to that would be a really really tough decision. Do you think that's ever like which which baby which part of the twin would you abort? I mean, not even that, but I mean, I mean, let's say they were trying to have you, a this, kid. Okay, this might sound fucked up, but don't you think the parents are kind of getting shafted on that deal? Like, let's say you're trying to have a kid, who the fuck wants three? S- well, sort of, but damn, that's, you know, like, really I, I'm, I'm pro, say. I'm pro choice. So like, that's yeah. you know. I just wonder if that's ever, if that's ever, because to me that was an instant moral dilemma. I was like, holy shit! I didn't even know that was possible to do. I don't know that it is. I'm just wondering if it's if yeah. I'm just wondering if it's if it's been done. You know, something to look up. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, it brings up some fucked up questions and stuff. It's kind of a little Sophie's choice. I, I well, I I actually had a, a thought about that last week. Uh, my my wife Sherry. Um, you're married. I, I am. Wait a minute. You're straight. Yes. You're straight and married to a woman. I am. I find out new shit every day. I'm sorry, Matt. I I, I, need, I needed to let you down. Jennifer. It's okay, dude. But uh, I'm also straight and married to the mob <laughs> for life, sir. She, she she asked me to sit down and watch Baby Mama with, Uh-oh. which I did. And I'm sure a few people out there have seen I'm not going to give anything away. Not that there's really much to give away about a subpar flick. I like Amy Poehler and Tina Fey, sir. Tina Fey is great. Um, but you, you didn't say Amy Poehler was great? She's all right. All right, whatever. Go she's ahead. She's good on Saturday Night Live. Go ahead, sir. All right. So in the movie, yes. uh, Amy Poehler is a surrogate mother. Mm-hmm. She gets pregnant for women who cannot get pregnant. Mm-hmm. Um, they, like, like in Way of the Gun. Which is an awesome it fucking is. movie. It is. We actually, I, I made my wife sit down and watch Way of Christopher McQuarrie. Has he ever directed another flick, McQuarrie? Uh, not that I can think of right off hand. I believe Helga Gland, Gland wrote that too. I might be wrong. Way of the Gun? No, McQuarrie might have I think that. he wrote it and McQuarrie directed wrote it, it yeah. and directed it. Okay. I, was, um, I assume every good movie is Helga Gland. <laughs> <laughs> but we, we were watching it and I was noticing that uh, Amy Poehler was interviewing Tina Fey for Amy Poehler to be... A surrogate mother. Yeah. Which I kind of found a little odd. I figured it'd be the other way around. I figured Tina Fey would be interviewing surrogate mothers. You know what it is, though? I I, I don't think enough people take... It's a huge fucking responsibility. It is. Kid, yeah. right? Yes, it's a way of life, and yes, everyone does it, but like you, you really got to be kind of ready. Otherwise, you're gonna you're gonna fuck that kid up. Mm-hmm. I think that's awesome that a surrogate mother... You'd want to make sure that, like, look, before I have this baby, I want to make sure I'm not handing it over to someone who's not gonna fucking... 
Yeah, but don't you think the mother that's actually going to take care of the kid? I mean, yeah, but isn't that questionable right there? Like, if you're going to take care of this baby so much, why aren't you just having it yourself? Well, isn't it baby? Isn't in baby mom in the case she's too busy or something? She, she is, but I'm, I'm okay. That's just where I got the thought from. But if if a woman cannot, I mean, even if she's married and if a woman cannot physically come to term and right. have a baby. Maybe, maybe I mean I don't know her fucking eggs are fucked up. I don't know. She can't have. That's kids. a scientific term. Yes, it is. But Egg uh, fucked up diapers. <laughs> Oval ovium, pernis, ovium pernesis. But regardless of that, I went, I went to med school. I, I was thinking, um, what if it was night med school? But still, what if you what if you've got a surrogate mother who has no interest in raising kids, but she's doing it to get paid and give somebody else a family who cannot get a family of okay. their own. What if there's a surrogate mother who's too far along in the pregnancy to have an abortion and the woman she's having the kid for gets in a car wreck and dies? I mean, do they give that up for adoption? Yes. Do they raise the kid? They get it for they, legally? Or what well, I mean, would like, that surrogate just, mother do? Her just mindset? emotionally, yeah. I don't know. I think I think to even be a surrogate mother, you have to have a giant ability to disconnect. So yeah. you think it would be no problem to give up the kid? Yes, absolutely. Because they're going to give it up anyway. I think they would definitely give up the kid. There's no way they would suddenly keep it. Like, look at Juno. Remember at the end? Did you see Juno? Yeah, I did. Uh, I don't, I don't mean, mean to spoil it, but I'm going to because Every, everybody's seen Juno. Everyone's seen it, and you know, how, you know, the day I knew everyone saw Juno when I was at Dodger Stadium. You were there with me. We went to that Dodger game. Yeah. This little like 13 year old girl was sitting next to us with her friends, and I heard her go. Uh, Honest to blog. No, she went. <laughs> This is one edge of sketch that can't be undone, home skillet. And I was like, oh, man. So that's become like Napoleon Dynamite now. Like, yeah, yeah. You remember that Dodger game? I do. I don't. No, I, I, I smoked don't. cigarettes the entire time. I'm not a big baseball fan, but it was, was it was fun. It was fun? Dodger Dogs was good. They weren't that great. I, I, Brett, shout out to Brett, who's like a, a log-shaped meat connoisseur, if that makes any sense. Dude is obsessed. Dude from Chicago, Brett. He lives right, out right. in L.A. now. He's obsessed with like fucking hot dogs and like sausages and bratwursts. Mm-hmm. Like he calls me like he has parties, but they're like bratwurst parties. Right. You know what I mean? He'll text me and be like, "We got some brats left." <laughs> like you know, it's his big thing. So he was all about these Dodger dogs, which were like eight fucking dollars. Well, how much were they? I, I don't recall. They were not that great. Well, have, they have were you ever, wet. Have you ever tried Ball, a pinks? ballpark? Yeah, they're fucking awful. I, I enjoy the Dodger dogs more than. So do I. But the problem with the Dodger dogs is I find this about all ballpark hot dogs. They're wet. They never, they never have that kind of dry, crunchy uh, shell to them, casing. Like, like I, I prefer like Hebrew. The Na- I, I like a Hebrew National hot dog. No, where you crunch, you you bite it in, and there's a crunch. A hot dog's not supposed to crunch. Yes, it is. No. That's the casing. It's beef. It's supposed to snap. No, 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 no. I, no oh, no, dude, no, sir, no, I watch, no, no, I watch no. tons of Food Network, man. I, I hope someone listening to this is a hot dog connoisseur. Hot dogs are supposed to snap. Whether they're supposed to or not, I don't like the, the snapping hot dogs. The, the, uh, excuse me, Criff Dogs. That's my place in New York. Uh, the Pink's hot dog snap, the Hoffies or whatever. Uh, yeah. That's, you know, like, otherwise, I feel like I feel like the Ballpark Franks, like, they're not even cooked. I, I prefer the softness ones. Really? I, to me, meat shouldn't, cooked meat shouldn't be that, like, floppity. Isn't that floppity? Yeah, and if, if we I'm had, sure people can see if we had a camera, I'm wiggling my hand around in a floppy motion. But no, I, it, I, I'd get it wet anyway, because I would... I would, <laughs> I, would, I would dip that shit in water, you no, ketchup, sir. I, I am a huge... Are you I, a ketchup guy? I eat ketchup on my ketchup. Are you a, uh, are you a refrigerated ketchup guy or a color? No. Ooh, no. see, I'm a refrigerated guy. No, well, the, that's a problem with the wife and I. We, uh, when we first got married and moved in together, 
because that's what people do when they get married. They fight about ketchup. Well, they move in together. I'm never getting married. I'm living alone. It, it even, I'm it even, living alone. I know it even says on the package, keep refrigerated. But no, I don't want the cold ketchup. The packets at McDonald's are not refrigerated. and They're fine. They're fine because you're like in your car and you just want shit and eat fucking McDonald's. But I don't, I, I don't want cold ketchup. I don't, I don't do cold ketchup. I don't do cold barbecue sauce. Oh, I do cold. I do cold every condiment. Well, no. you don't. Oh, I only do cold barbecue sauce. Cold. Yeah. The only thing cold I do maybe mayonnaise. I don't eat mustard, so I don't really know anything about mustard. You're crazy, sir. What is with this hot condiment thing? Did they not have refrigeration in the south yet? It's not hot. It's just not. You cold. guys are catching up. No. If if I'm eighty, if if they say that eating warm ketchup may kill you at a certain age, you'll still eat I warm will still ketchup. Eat warm you ketchup. love ketchup that much. I do. It's your heroin. <laughs> it is. I am a, like I, I eat ketchup on fried chicken. I eat ketchup on dude any meat. I used to I used to be I used to forget meat. Like do you ketchup on eggs? Scrambled eggs, yes. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I used to be huge with the ketchup when I was a kid. I've moved away in recent years to the mayo spectrum, which uh, when I was fat certainly wasn't helping. But now that I'm a I'm a sly uh, sly young thing of a man, <laughs> I can eat as much mayo as I want. Uh, I mean. Mayonnaise is fine on, you know, ham sandwiches or whatnot. I don't eat ham. Nah. It's not a Jewish thing either. I just don't like the taste of ham. You know what I'm saying? Fucked up. My favorite food in the world is like red meat. Like a cheeseburger, steak, steak yeah. ribs. Yesterday, I'm in my car and I'm, I'm driving along. I'm driving to Venice for something. And I'm like, maybe I should be a vegetarian six days out of the week. Why? I feel like oh, I'm... you eat meat on a Friday? Not even that. Like, save for one cheeseburger a week. I just feel like... With the amount of cigarettes I smoke and the amount of Jimmy Moore's that happened, uh, I'm kind of unhealthy. And, like, I, I don't know, I don't know that, yes, I know I'm unhealthy, but I feel like I kind of feel unhealthy now. I feel like when I, when I, when I eat, when all I eat for an entire day is, like, a salad or something, like, I fast for a day, which I do every once in a while, I'll fast. Yeah. And like, maybe I'll have a salad. I, just everything, will, I'll feel so much, like, cleaner inside. You know what I mean? Well... More energy and, and brighter and with it and less fucking. Ugh. Okay, well, all right. Well, I me, feel like all I ever do is eat pepperoni and smoke cigarettes. Like that's a horrible lifestyle. Well, let me ask you this: If <clears throat> I mean, okay, I understand if you're like obese, you know, morbidly overweight or whatever you wanna. But I was here's the thing: I was overweight. I was like 230 pounds. I'm a five foot nine dude. Like that's a lot. Yeah. I weigh like a buck fifty something now. So yeah. I, I lost a lot of weight. Now. I, I feel like even, I don't, when I was fat, I was like, fuck it, I'll eat anything I want, I'm already fat, but now that I lost the weight, I'm like, shit, man, I've got a chance to really be healthy. It's not, it's not that kind of, like, mentality where it's the opposite, where, like, now that I'm skinny, I could be able to eat anything I want. I feel like I should try to maintain, not necessarily for look-wise, but just health-wise, because, you know? Well, yeah, I understand if it's a danger to your life or whatever, but if, all right, let's say you didn't smoke. Um, God forbid the thought. <laughs> well, I mean, would you be a vegetarian to stay healthier just just to stay healthier when you know that you long for meat and you love steak and hamburgers? You would you would enjoy yourself more, but just be a tad. I think bit I got. A, I think I've got a streak of masochism to me. I think I would look at it like a challenge. So you would hurt yourself to be healthier. Yes. I I I go the other way. I I, I would I would rather live for. 60 years, have fun, eat what I like, whatever, then to live for 70 years and be unhappy. I gotta live to like 100, man. I got a lot of shit to do. 
but you're not going to be able to do anything when you're 100. Except singing. The we're doing heart. it we're, again, bro. My grandfather was ninety when he died. He fucking played tennis up until like the last month when the cancer got bad. Ernest Borgnine is ninety three years old and fucks his wife every day. Age is not. We're not defined by our age anymore. It's not the middle ages. People live. The life expectancy is in the fucking eighties. You know what I mean? Sort of. What do you mean, sort of? I mean, it's sort of in the eighties. I mean, if well, yeah, if you stay healthy, then. You may be able to grow to a ripe old age, and isn't that cool though? If this, if this life is all we got, shouldn't you try to extend the most you can? Would you, as rather, I chain smoke cigarettes? You, would you, would you rather live unhappy for twenty years or live happy for ten years? I don't think cut. I don't think meat is the thing keeping me happy. I think living is no. The well, thing what, keeping I mean, me happy. food or whatever. I mean, if you were an alcoholic, well, maybe that's kind of bad. But uh, <laughs> if if you found out today that. Making movies are dire to your health. Would you stop making movies? Well, I haven't started, so... Well, you understand what I'm saying. Yeah. Well, don't inject if, if reading, you, comics, I want to be the writer, so you want to be the director. If reading comics were... Speaking of which, Jesse, what was yesterday? Yesterday? In my life, what was it? Sunday? Why was it the biggest day of my life? Fuck me. Because you finished your screenplay? No. Because I killed the drifter and caught him up. And then I finished my screenplay. Uh, it was pretty good. What did you? Uh, did you burn the drifter? No, 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 I just cut him up. You want to see? He's in a bag. Right? Sure. In the corner. Hold on one sec. We'll be right back. So that's what a dead drifter looks like. Uh, yeah, this dead drifter. I, you know, it's my first one, but. Well, there's there's a lot of them around Los Angeles. Getting back to podcasting. <laughs> uh, oh, speaking of podcasting, I, I noticed we didn't have any apologies this week. Did we not offend anyone uh, last week? We didn't offend anyone, but you did something that... Uh, should I be apologizing to someone? I don't know that you should be apologizing as much as locking yourself up in a cave for the rest of your life, because you may be uh, a warlock. What, what the fuck are you talking about? Uh, last week when we recorded the podcast, um, we discussed our favorite like man's man's actors, you know, our, our definition of, of cool. Mm-hmm. And uh, I believe I was like, oh, Lee Marvin, Jason Statham, blah, 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 blah. And you're so like, you remember Lee Marvin now? Yeah. Okay. No, I said it all the way at the beginning. With. Uh, you were like, there's only one guy who sticks out, in my opinion. And you, <laughs> went, you, went, on to, you went on to extol that gentleman for a few minutes, and it was, it was a very nice tribute. Uh, tribute being the, uh, the appropriate term, because four days to the yeah. day after Jesse said he's my favorite actor, Mr. Paul Newman passed away, unfortunately. And the world mourns him. But I uh, am a little worried that maybe Jesse has... Um, because I talked about an actor that he, he, he died? Yes. But here's the fucked up thing. It's not like you talk shit about him. Like when Vincent Gallo wished Roger Ebert to get cancer and then he did. And so you were like, I love Paul Newman. I, he's the best actor. I hope he never <laughs> stops making movies. Boom. You have to stop liking people, sir. Or like evil people. Become like the world's biggest King Jong-il fan. Okay. You might have like that Rob Schneider power from three I, I, from three ninjas. I love Brett Ratner. Ooh, ooh you just wish death on Brett Ratner. Not, not Kim Jong Il, we can wish death on because he's a horrible man. Brett Ratner's just a shitty filmmaker. You're an awful person. Well, the Secret Service new co-host. I want a new co-host. You know that was that was but no it morally detestable. It okay. It's, <laughs> I'm it, just fucking around. Brett Ratner sucks, but like I don't want him to die. Well, no, I was kidding. But I mean, what, I mean, let me know, ask you: Do you have the three ninjas power? No. Do you know what I'm talking to? About yeah. Rob Schneider's power yeah. in the Three Ninjas. Shit, I just lost it. Which was the best power by far. Well, it wasn't real. 
Yes, but compared to the other two ninjas, it was it was a way better power. They didn't have powers. Yes, they did. All three of them had like a gimmick. The one, the main guy could like fight amazingly well. Like he woke up and he was like Bruce Lee. Remember, he had like a crazy kick. Whoa, wait a minute. We're talking about a completely different movie. Surf ninjas. Oh, I'm thinking three ninjas. No, surf ninjas. Okay. Rob Schneider yeah, and two Hawaiian yeah, brothers yeah, yeah. get kidnapped to an island where Leslie Nielsen's the bad guy. Yeah. Rob Schneider's power is when he thinks something, like, what if the house blows up? It would it blows up right away. The younger brother had a Game Boy that could predict yeah, the future. Yeah, yeah, Okay, all right. Yeah, it's back in my memory now. So I was asking you, are you the inspiration for that character? No. All right. I, I, you I, had I, nothing to do with the death of Paul Newman. No, he had cancer, okay? I mean, it was kind of expected. I mean, I love Paul Newman. Did you say that on purpose because you knew he would die? No. You wanted to look like a vanguard. Like, so I, now I have the little kid's power that I can see the future. Are you all, are you two of the three surf ninjas? No. Can you surf? I cannot. Have you ever tried? I don't want to, no. I don't go in the ocean. It doesn't look that fun to me. I don't go in the ocean. No, I'm not much of a water guy. I don't eat anything that comes out of water either. You don't eat fish? I don't eat anything that comes out of water. Since I'm Shrimp? 11 years old. Anything that comes out of water. Keep, <laughs> keep, keep naming shit. I'll keep saying it. Come on. Clams? No, nothing that comes Why? out of water. I, I don't like it. Dude, no, 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 no. Once we get kind of, well, once I get kind of settled and can afford to do shit, I'm going to fly you with me back to Alabama. We're going to go to the I can't Alabama. Do it. I can't do it. No, listen. Just, listen, listen Bro, listen. if it involves eating anything that listen leaves in water, me. I can't We're, we're going to go it. to the Alabama-Mississippi state line. There's a place called Catfish Junction. Do no, sell, no, no, no. Do they it's, sell catfish? No, it's just called Catfish Junction. But do they, do they have, like, seafood? No. It's what? a hamburger place. Is it really? No, it's a seafood Holy place. Holy shit, that sounds absolutely unfucking believably horrible. It's not, not called Catfish Junction. It's called, uh, I don't know what it's called. We call okay. it the state line. Dude, it would be like, okay, let's look at it this way. Could you eat a dog? No. Of course not, right? Horrible fucking concept. You own you dogs. You eat a cow. Regardless, could you eat a dog? No. Right? Unless it takes With a fish. gun to your head is the only way you could eat a dog, right? It's the most morally, not even morally, it makes your stomach turn even thinking about the concept. Well, yes? Yeah, Just yeah, answer. Yeah. That's the way I feel about eating seafood. It is that gross to me. It, I don't know if eating a dog is... Okay, alright, well what's the difference between eating an animal and an animal? You'll eat a cow, but you won't eat a fish. Anything, yeah. You want to really hear my fucked up reasons about the seafood I, I thing? do, I do. Alright, this is... Wait. This goes way back. Uh, when you eat a cow, as you just said, which, which is actually a great point you bring up, you don't eat a cow. You eat, like, a piece of the cow's belly. Okay. They kill the cow, they slaughter it, they cut it up, and you get, like, a flank or a chop. So if you were to just eat a fish tail, you would be okay? I think if seafood was parts of fish, I would be all right. I have a problem. This is one of my problems with seafood. I'll go into the rest of them. But my major problem is I can't eat a whole fucking animal. That is the weirdest thing in the world to me. I cannot eat a whole animal from from head to tail. Like, I can't do it. That's that's. You don't eat the head. You don't eat the tail. You, you eat, like, the body of the fish. What about, like, a, a shrimp or a crawfish or a crab or dude, a lobster? Craw- crawfish is great. Or a cra- and, dude, oh, I've eaten it when I was young. I have family in Louisiana, man. I used to eat crawfish all the time. I eat out of fucking buckets, like, tons of them. At about 10 years old, I had a, a change of life, and... Uh, I can't do it. I, I haven't set foot in the I haven't set foot in the ocean since I'm ten. I haven't eaten anything that comes from water. Not one, not one shrimp, not one piece but of crab, not one piece of tuna. But isn't fish fish supposed to be like healthy? Yeah, I don't care. It's fucking disgusting, disgusting. Okay, so there's the whole not eating a whole animal thing, right? What what what, what, what about chicken? 
You eat a chicken leg, you eat a chicken breast, you eat a chicken thigh. Yes, but I would never fucking chomp down. I would never... You can't... You can't throw a... Dude, I don't eat turkey really. Hey, but but the the head isn't on it and they cook it. But the head... You can cut... They cook fish. Cut the fucking head off. It's a small animal. You're eating 90% of the body no matter what you cut off. But you... But are you a dark meat or a white meat fan? White meat. But you still eat... Most of the chicken. Like I said, you eat a chicken leg, chicken thigh, chicken breast. Chicken... I don't. Because you find it gross or just because you like white I'm meat? I'm a weird food eater. You so. are. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I am too. I'm a McNugget child. Like, I've only in the last year been able to eat fried chicken for the first time in my life. I grew up, I grew up on, like, breaded cutlets and, like, chicken fingers. I grew up on... Forget McNuggets. I grew up on chicken fingers. Okay. So, like, real chicken to me is still, like, I don't eat it, like, out of choice. Like, I never eat fried chicken. I don't think I can live without it. Yeah, I don't. I can't. Uh, I've, I've, I, my food needs to not look like food. It needs to be <laughs> processed and a totally different color, and like in a, in, a, in, a, in a geometric shape. But if you, I need my food in geometric shapes. Patties, <laughs> patties, nuggets, uh, uh, bacon strips. You know what I mean? Anything that takes on a natural kind of form bugs me out. So there's that. There's also that the ocean is the world's largest. Piss, cum, and dead animal fucking dumping ground. Yeah, but you get rid of all that when you cook it. Big fucking deal. Cows don't live in an ocean of shit. And then my, I've had people, I've, I've argued this with a lot of people, and they say, well, cows, what about cows and chickens? They live They live in their shit. Like, they shit on the ground and they walk around in it all day. But yeah, I eat, I, eat, I eat all red meat. I eat veal, I eat venison, I've eaten caribou. I, I like game. I'll eat fucking Bambi. I love venison. <laughs> I've eaten buffalo, I've eaten elk, you know? Like, I just can't eat seafood. I can't do it. You can eat this seafood. It is the greatest seafood you will ever eat. doesn't matter, man. I don't care if it's the finest four-star restaurant fed to me by fucking naked Pamela Anderson. All for fucking tits. I can't do it. I can't, I can't, I'll throw up. I'll throw up. And also because my parents love seafood. It started, it might have started as a dicky thing. They used to always go to this calamari restaurant. My parents love calamari. Okay. My brother did too, so the four of us, and I would, I would always complain, but they wouldn't care. We'd go to this place, <laughs> Calamari Kitchen in, uh, I think, Huntington, Long Island or something. And bro, I couldn't breathe in there. Looking at, at the, like, Calamari was okay, but the squingeely, the stuff with the little legs on it, yeah. I, I would get a gag reflex. And from that day on, when I look at seafood or smell seafood, I feel like I'm going to vomit. I'm when, I walk into, when I walk into Whole Foods and walk by the seafood department, <laughs> I, I gag, man. A gag. Also, they look like fucking bugs. They're all slimy <laughs> and fucking gross looking, and yeah, seafood sucks, man. I, I disagree. I don't. I don't eat very much of it in California. And I don't go in the ocean because it's. I don't belong there. <laughs> I don't. And every time someone gets eaten by a shark or like, killed, you don't belong on a podcast, but you're doing one. What? You don't belong on a podcast, but we're recording. Regardless. You know what I mean by that? That's been a theory my whole life. Uh, you don't belong in the air, but my you parents fly. love the beach, right? And and I hate the, I, I hate the beach, I and hate I hate it. it for like a philosophical reason, though, which is weird. Humans as a species have to push everything, right? Okay. We're, we we push this earth to its to its limits. We push technology to its limits. We push everything to its limits. We have to flock on the one <laughs> last possible place on earth where we can live. It's the edge of existence, the beach. You got the air, and then you got the ocean, which is underwater. You can't live there. So people love to hang out at the apocalypse, almost. <laughs> Think about it. The beach is the, the... The ocean is the end of, of human life. Does that make any sense? Sort of, yeah. So by hanging out on the shoreline of the ocean, 
you're like celebrating the fact that he, it's just really fucking weird to me. It's a weird fatalistic thing. I feel like. Well, I don't like the beach, but I'm afraid I don't like the beach for far less of a reason than you've just explained. I just don't like the beach because I don't I, I don't build sandcastles. I don't really swim. I don't play volleyball. So fuck the beach. I just it's not enjoyable. And I found out you can't smoke cigarettes on beaches in California. I didn't know that. That's illegal. One time I got, the only time in my life, I've never gotten a ticket, I've never gotten arrested, but uh, I got in trouble when I was 18 once for uh, for drinking a bottle of beer on the beach. And I always remember the officer, because I, I had the ticket for years, the officer's name was um, Poe Hickey. His name was Officer Poe. Like the Poe? Yeah. Okay. The ticket said, the violation said, and these are the exact words, and I'll always remember the day I die. For having a bottles of beers on the beach. <laughs> At first, I remember the whole thing, because the thing was me and my friend were smoking a bowl, too, when the guy walked up, the cop. So my friend dug his bowl under the sand, and we came back the next day, and we could never find it. My friend was pissed about that. And the guy walks up, and we weren't even drinking beer. We were drinking Smirnoff Ice. It's alcohol. Regardless. the guy goes, underage. The guy, yes. The guy goes, what are you drinking? And I'm like, uh, nothing, nothing. He goes, is that alcoholic? I'm like, I don't think so. Wait, is it? Uh, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. <laughs> and he was like, it says right there. He's like, how old are you? And for some fucking reason, he's like, what's your birthday? I'm like, October 11th, 1982. My birthday is 1984. But you would still be underage. Yes, that was the whole thing. I was like 17. Even if I had told him I was 19, I would still have been underage. So I lied, even keeping myself <laughs> underage. And then he was like, you're not lying to me, right? And I was like, and then... Then I literally said, because my friend punched me when I said 82. I was like, wait, did I say 82? Oh, man, I meant 84. I always get that confused. <laughs> he was like, what is going on here? Dude, it was, it was the most ridiculous situation in the so world. you get the year you were born confused. Yeah, I always mess that up, you know? All right, so uh, did you hear uh, Bruce Willis is directing the flick? No, I did not. He is. is he direct? Why should I care about that? Well... I mean, well, it's Bruce Willis. I, I don't really see Bruce Willis as a director. He everyone trusted. You act long enough, you direct. What what movie is he directing? It's called uh, the Three Stories About Joan. I don't, that's not. I don't really know anything about it, but it, it for some offbeat reason, it 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 made me think of something. Um, if 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 you're an actor and you've been working for a few years with many directors or whatever, which I have, do do you? Do you notice the the difference in yeah, quality? Absolutely, I think. So if De Niro worked with Scorsese for Taxi Driver, Raging Bull, Goodfellas, when he worked with whoever the fuck directed Rocky and Bullwinkle, was he thinking in his mind this is a horrible director? Yes, would, of course. Would he go up to him and say you need to do this? No, because, because De Niro is a director. Because Robert De Niro's in Rocky and fucking Bullwinkle. Well, you think he's worried about the, the, the cinematic quality of the film? But but directors have different visions. Maybe he was thinking this guy just has a different vision. You th- you honestly think Robert De Niro went into Rocky and Bullwinkle thinking he was going to? Okay, be good? not I just use that as an example. As that example, though, I don't think anyone involved, any human actor in that cast, because have, could have literally read that script and been like, "This will be a worthwhile movie." They could have just wrote "paycheck" on the cover, and not the Ben Affleck flick. I feel that way about a lot of movies, you know. Yeah. And in those cases, I I don't think the actors care about the directing. I care. I think they care about. They care about the director as much as, like, look, just leave me alone and let me do my shit. Don't fucking get processing on me. This isn't a real movie. You think they actually say that? You think, like, Jay Roche on Meet the Parents, like, stopped them and gave them notes on the scenes? Yeah. You really do? Yeah. 
I then what the fuck did I even need a director for? Set up a camera and just let the actors. Do you the think thing? a comedy director is going to tell Robert De Niro what to do? I think a comedy director would tell Robert De Niro what to do more so than a dramatic director. See, I think it would be different. In in our in our fucked up uh, Hollywood world, there's there's a hierarchy for genres. Yeah, so but comedy Niro, comedy but, is lower on the totem pole than than drama. But when De Niro did comedy, he wasn't. I mean, it's not his usual thing. He was slumming it. So he he may have been looking As for directions, slumming it, you know. So yeah, I, I think that. See, to me, meet the parents equals paycheck. I don't know. I think I think De Niro thought meet the parents if, would be if, pretty good. If if um Robert De Niro genuinely thinks all the children, the kids friendly movies and the PG things mm-hmm. he's been making in the last few years, if that's the case, Robert De Niro sucks balls now. He forgot like. Robert, Eddie Murphy's gone the same way. You really think these guys oh, think they're doing good work? Or Eddie Murphy, yes. Robert De Niro, I you don't You think know. Eddie Murphy like... I bullshit, do. Eddie Murphy's a fucking comic genius, man. He, he used to be in the he 80s. Still is. He Same person. You're no. that funny once, you're, you're never, you never lose that. No, yeah, people change. No and way, I, not funny. Dude, he fucking... People don't get unfunny, man. Were, were, were you a fucking uh, Nutty Professor fan? No. It, he made a sequel. You don't think he was like, well, people like this. This is good. I'm going to be funny. No. You don't think he was trying to be funny with the... No, I think he was trying to make fucking hundreds of millions of dollars, which he did. I disagree. Because he he hasn't put out a funny movie since fucking... Everything was cop. Three. It was horrible. Fuck you. Wonder <laughs> World's the best one of the series. I like Boomerang. It's the best one of the series. Boomerang was not terribly funny. Trading Places Coming to America. Those are the good Eddie Murphy movies, right? I, I agree. But then he stopped caring and started making fucking millions of dollars. But he's not trying. You you would think that he would try to make a good movie. A good movie. No, I don't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Not at all. Eddie Murphy's like what? Forty five years old at this point. He's got probably fucking hundred million dollars in the bank. Okay, if Eddie Murphy is worth a hundred million dollars, you don't think Eddie Murphy would say, "Okay, well." No, I don't think he has an artistic. I don't think he's got that flair to him. I think after making that much money for so long, you lose that as an artist. So he's not funny anymore. He's not that good. If anymore. he wanted to be, but he doesn't care to be funny. Why would he? Why would he be concerned about being funny when all he's concerned about is being Eddie Murphy and making twenty million dollars a fucking movie, or however much they pay? Nobody likes Eddie Murphy anymore. He doesn't care if you like him or not. He's sitting on a <laughs> bed of fucking money, blowing coke off of hookers' asses all day. You don't think De Niro tranny like, hookers? You don't think De Niro would like to win the third Oscar? De Niro's a different story. Uh no, I don't. I don't think De Niro gives a fuck about any of that shit. I really don't. And to tell you the truth, I don't think he ever did. Yeah. De Niro's a great actor, but to me, that's that's a guy who who walked into acting. Robert De Niro should not be an actor. You know what I mean? No, in the traditional I don't. sense of the word. What, what do you mean? I don't know. I always got I always got the um. I was always under the impression that he was never never processing, never really. It was always Whoa, kind of a, wait what never. It was kind of a job a day job for him. You know, I never really thought De Niro was into the craft so much. Raging Bull. It's a great movie, but he's he's a thug in it. A thug's not hard to do. We got, in, we got into that last week. He's a thug in it. But for, he's a for a thug. male character to play to play for a, for a male actor to play that kind of a role, we spoke about this last week too. I really don't think takes that takes that much talent. Taxi driver. Anyone could do this, motherfucker. Ta- look, taxi look badass, and, and anyone could look badass and deliver badass lines. He wasn't a he wasn't a badass in Taxi Driver. He was a Taxi Driver is a good movie. He was a young, wonderful movie. Super young in it. Okay, so you have to be young to be methodical. I, I think that was that was the fluke of De Niro's career. To me, that is Robert De Niro's finest performance by far, and nothing he's ever done has come halfway as being that great. I think. I would agree with that. And I'm a De Niro fan, but not like I'm a. De- and I'll put Pacino in this thing too. I like De Niro and Pacino 
passingly, but I'm never, I, I will never see a movie because they are in it. Speaking of which, and what we're talking about, you you don't think that Pacino and De Niro went into Righteous Kill saying, no, this is going to no. be a really good movie? They're like, holy shit, we're in a movie together, this is fucking A, Oscar gold, and B, we're going to make $100 million. <laughs> but exactly, Oscar gold, it's, it's, it's going to be a good movie, people are going to like it, critics are going to love it. No one cares, no, 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 okay, you've got this really naive fucking idealistic viewpoint. When an actor makes an award film, right? Let's say an actor takes a job specifically because they think they're getting an Oscar for well, it. Well, surely they didn't think Righteous Kill was going to be an award. But forget Righteous Kill. Let's say an actor takes a prestigious role because they think they're guaranteed an award. Okay. You think they do that because they go, wow, I'm going to be involved in a really good film and the public's going to love my performance in it. No. They do that so they, they get... do it to get the award. Yes. Uh, I do not think actors... <clears throat> I, I don't know. I... I, I may have I to really don't. That. I mean, it's they. Yes, they have the love me, love me, love me thing. But I, I mean, there are certain exceptions to the rules, like the, the fine actors and stuff. But I think the majority of people working in big time Hollywood don't could give a fuck if they ever if they're ever involved in a film that people like, as long as they keep making millions of dollars. So, some I would. It's tempting, say dude. Yes. I'd say the majority. I don't know. Because uh, then these people would stop acting after the, a string of shitty movies. Then look at all the actors who just continue to make shitty movies after shitty movies. Well, that's their job. I mean, I'm not saying they don't love. Exactly, the, their job is to make money, money making movies. Right. I'm, 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 I'm not saying they don't love the the process of making movies and getting millions and millions of dollars. But but I think if if the right script comes along with the right director, they're not thinking. Uh, Okay, I just need to do this job, get the money. Maybe I win an Oscar. I, I, I think they're trying to get the message across that the movie is trying to convey. Some actors, man. I mean, it's it's. I really can't. I don't don't think you can generalize. You know, either way. So let's not go my way either. But I really don't think you can generalize. I I, I think um, maybe actors in the royal sense, theater actors. The guy who's performing in Oklahoma in his regional fucking dinner theater down in in. Uh, Minnesota or some shit. Those guys are probably really, really, really want the feedback and the positive encouragement. If you've made it in Hollywood, I really don't think you give a fuck anymore. Maybe well, that's well, the difference. What about the actors that's made it in Hollywood, but they'll take scale to be in an independent film that they P- believe Poor in? ejemplo. What? Poor example. For example. Spanish. You live <laughs> in California. I don't, I don't speak any Spanish. I, I can count to five, maybe? Go. Right. Count to ten. I can't do it. Count to ten right now. You used to watch Sesame Street. Count to ten, motherfucker. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. In Spanish. Uno, dos, tres, cuatro. Slow down and do it for real. Go. I don't... I can't. Uno, dos, tres, you had a cuatro. I know uh, cinco is cinco. eight. Cinco? No, cinco five. You just said ocho. one through five. How do you... Fall? No, I know ocho is eight. So just do one through ten. Try it. Just try it once. Slow. Uno. Okay. Dos. Yes. Tres. You don't have to say it with the accent. Just be, com- <laughs> be comfortable. You look like you're... Cuatros. Okay. Cuatro, yeah. Cinco. Cinco. Is it seis? Yes. You only got three more. Four more. I don't know seven. Siete. Siete. Ocho. Ocho. Don't know nine. Nine. Nueve. And diez. Uno, dos, tres, cuatro, cinco, seis, ocho. Uno, dos, tres, cuatro, cinco, seis, siete, ocho, nueve, diez. Okay. Once, doce, trece, catorce, quince, dieciséis, diecisiete, dieciocho, diecinueve, veinte. Veinte uno. Pentados. That's will be the rest of the podcast. I can count them. <laughs> okay. Quarenta, well, quarenta y cinco. In English, an English example. All right. Let's see. Uh, <laughs> Is that what we got on? An, an established actor 
that could be out making millions and millions of dollars to make an independent movie. Um, all right, I just watched Snow Angels. It's got Kate Beckinsale. I, I wouldn't say Sam Rockwell is a huge Hollywood player, but Kate Beckinsale is. Not by a long shot. Actually, I overestimate Sam Rockwell's career because I like him so much as an actor. And then I look on his IMDb, and what's the one thing he ever ever the lead in? Joke? Yeah, but that's not a real I mean, it's a real movie, but it's not a big movie. Oh, I guess he wasn't the lead in Matchstick Men. Confessions of a Dangerous Mind. Confe- yeah. And but then, that, that's sort of an independent movie. It, it is. Just... I mean, and then he had his he had his Galaxy Quest and Hitchhiker's Guide, which I watched again last night. Hitchhiker's Guide? It's so awful. Yeah. It's so horrible. Have you read the books? Na- name... Name a st- I have not read the books. But- I love I love the books by Douglas Adams, man. And what really and I, I saw it in theaters. I was all excited. And from the first fucking opening scene with the dolphins singing, I hated it. And what's even worse is the film he followed that up with is Son of Rambo, which I fucking love. I haven't seen it. It's so crazy that a guy who can make a, a film so good as Son of Rambo can make such fucking shit like like Hitchhiker's Guide. And Garth Jennings, like I listened to him. He, he co-hosted a podcast. Um. Sometimes with these guys called Adam and Joe, these British guys on BBC, and he's fucking funny and talented, and you know it's just Hitchhiker's Guy is awful, man. How did we get on Hitchhiker's Guy? Sam Rockwell. Oh, okay. And then you were gonna talk, and then I mentioned Galaxy Quest, and you said something. Speaking of which, you said, and then I cut you off. I don't recall, but a a a, a finer example, just to kind of push my point across. Sam Rockwell was your example. No, Jim Carrey. Is my example. How is that your example? Eternal you Sunshine of the Spotless film. Mind. It's not an independent film. It's pretty fucking close. It was like a $30 million movie. Was it? Yeah, probably. Look at all the crazy shit going on there. Yeah, but it, it, it's not your normal average Jim, Jim Carrey never fair. Jim Carrey's never in a film released in under a thousand screens. That's an independent film, sir. Under a thousand screens. Excuse me, under 500. <laughs> what about, well, would you consider Syriana? No, film? of course not. Well, name an independent film. Uh, uh, the, the new Werner Herzog thing at the edge of existence. A film that's independently it's a, it's a financed. Docu- it's a documentary. What, so, okay, let me think of an independent film. Donnie Darko was an independent film when it first came out. Uh, Memento, Patrick Swayze was in it. Memento was an independent film when it first came out. Uh, um, uh, Amores Peros was an independent film. City of... Uh, I'm talking about foreign films, but like... 21 Grams, would you say that's an independent film? No! It was studio financed and distributed. The studio was on it from day one. Dude, there's a, there, there, independent film is so I'm, far beyond what it used to be. No, I'm talking about the actual definition of the word. Financed and distributed independently. The actual definition of the word is gone. No, it's not. Y- yes, it is. Independent from the studio structure. From the studio system. I don't care about indie feel or like an indie sensibility. Juno had an indie sensibility. That is a studio fucking movie. I agree with that. Fox Searchlight. I agree with that. People call that an indie flick. It's not. To me, an indie flick is an actual indie flick. The Room is an indie flick. But, okay, but that that's not the point I'm trying to get across. Sam Rockwell was, uh, is in some indie, uh, I think Joshua might have been an indie flick. The horror film. But we've established that Sam Rockwell is not a major Hollywood player. There are there there are people who pop up in little movies that you would never hear of and never expect. Those are independent films. They play at art house theaters. They play at festivals. They never get distributed. They never make it to HBO. Some of them don't even get a DVD release. The the big actors who act in those though that would work in that example. 
and, and shorts. There's a lot of big actors that not do even, a lot of shorts. Not even shorts, dude. Like you, you'll see you 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 will see a lot of low budget. Steve Buscemi did a film called Trees Lounge. That's an independent film. You I've never heard of it. It's a great movie. I can't think of who else is in it. He directed it. Oh well, well, yeah. See, like they're calling the Bruce Willis film an independent film, but is it? I don't know. Clerks was an independent film. Yes, but Clerks didn't have... Clerks is the definition. Clerks, uh, fucking... Would you say Chasing Amy is an independent film? No. Exactly. Would you say Reservoir Dogs is an independent film? Yes. You would? 100% and absolutely. It had Harvey Keitel, Tim Roth. It doesn't matter who they had. He, he, there was no studio involved while they were shooting it. But what I'm saying is... Independ- those, independent means independent of studio. But what I'm saying is those are actors that could go off and do big movies to make big money... But they choose because they okay. So yes, those those are a different caliber of actors than 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 the actors we were discussing. I would put Harvey Keitel and Tim Roth on another plateau than I would De Niro and Pacino. De Niro and Pacino are mainstream fucking movie stars. Harvey Keitel and 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 your Tim Roths and your fucking yes, I agree. Your your Guy Pierces, people who could be in mainstream films but do others. But that's an entirely different league. I thought we were talking about movie stars. Those guys aren't movie stars. They're character actors for the most part. But also, I mean, Brad Pitt would never do an independent film. But you don't think Brad Pitt would do a film that he strongly believes in, I do, regardless like of the paycheck? Snatch. Regardless of the paycheck, Brad Pitt believes in the Brad film. Brad Pitt is like one of those in betweeners. You know what I mean? De Niro or Pacino, I don't, I don't see like that. Have they, have they ever done it? Do you think they've ever taken scale for a movie? I, Either of I, them? I don't know. I can't. Since they're since since Scarface and 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 Raging Bull, you think they've ever taken scale for a movie? I don't think they took scale for Scarface and Raging I, Bull. I don't mean that. I mean since their blow up with those two films. No, that's what I mean by that. Brad Pitt <laughs> would, has taken. Scale I wouldn't say. I wouldn't say Pacino blew up with Scarface. I'd say Pacino blew up with Godfather. Was that after? Scarface was after. Scarface Godfather? was eighty three. I think was Godfather was seventy four. Who's he? Was he in Godfather? A lot in Godfather. Al Pacino. Is yeah. I haven't, I've only seen them once. I was like eight. I saw him with my grandpa. I know it was Marlon Brando. Man, he's Michael Corleone. Yeah, but who's that? Jesus Christ. Vito Corleone is Marlon Brando. Yes. And then there's Man. like Fredo and, and Schmecky Corleone. I don't know. Like, okay, how, how do you remember these people but you don't remember Al Pacino being everyone talks about the Fre- center? You broke my heart, Fredo. That's, that's part I two. I never saw two. I don't think I've seen two. I don't think I've... I've never seen three. I don't think I've ever seen three. What? I, I don't believe so. I believe I've seen parts of three. Like Wait a minute, you own the trilogy and it's like your favorite fucking movie ever. You've never watched it. Why, why do you keep saying that's my favorite fucking movie ever? It's Cause not. Because all you ever talk about is Goodfellas and Godfather. We're not talking about Goodfellas. I don't, Goodfellas is not my favorite movie. Goodfellas is what I consider to be the greatest movie ever made. Okay. <laughs> I, I have yet to see a movie that <laughs> transcends Goodfellas. Okay. But, but you just Dude, saying the that... The film we were discussing last night transcends Goodfellas. What were we discussing last night? A little underrated gym by the name of... We're not, we're not, we're not talking about uh, Death to Smoochie. Death and... to Smoochie. Dude. I love Death to Smoochie. Well, that I told you I'd bring you. it up. How do you not like it? I, I, I saw it once when it first came out on video, and I don't think I will ever I don't understand how anyone could not like it. Because it's Death to Smoochie. It, it's Robin Williams and Edward Norton and Catherine Keener, and they're all three fucking amazing performances, and it's twisted and dark and fucking hilarious, and the production value is great, and the fucking, it's just an amazing film. The songs are great. Matt, I've, I've, I've got to say something. You're I, I, no, no, I truly, truly mean this. I wish 
to the God Almighty that I was like you. I wish that I could enjoy horrible films. Because then I could go to the theater and not be disappointed. What are you talking about? I hate every movie I see in theaters. Death of Smoochie is not a horrible film. Dude, what other horrible films do I enjoy? Um, Say I, it. I enjoy Say some... it. I, Say I, the movie I know you're thinking of because I will defend it to the death. You can't even think right now? No. Sir, what is the one film I've been championing for the past year? A film I've watched over 50 times now. And you've actually made me want to watch it again. Um, Southland Tales. It's films like those. <laughs> it's films like Smoochie and Southland Tales. Those aren't horrible films. They're not universal. They're not... Here's the thing. A horrible film is what happens when we go to Las Vegas or whatever the fuck it was called. When, when, what happens in Vegas? <laughs> yeah. Okay. I like my title better. What happens when we go to Las Vegas? That's horrible because retard. <laughs> yeah. Uh, apologies. The average middle America movie going public likes it. And critics hate it. When both hate a film, there's something special about it. Critic Death to Smoochie was panned by both critics and audiences. <laughs> Southland was panned by both critics and audiences. That's like, holy shit, I have to... When I heard Southland Tales was the worst reviewed film in the history of Cannes, I was like, I have to see this movie tomorrow. That was the... You could, you could tell me that like it's the best reviewed film of all time or the worst reviewed film of all time, and I would want to see the worst reviewed film of all time. In a, in a heartbeat. Because that's like a stunning achievement. Anyone can make a good movie. To go through that entire process of making a film and it wind up being shit... That always stuns me. Well, alright, as, as much as I love Donnie Darko, and it, it took him years to come out with Southland Tales, I was really, really looking forward to Southland Tales. It took uh, him seven years. So, when I heard that it was received horribly at the Cannes Film Festival... I was like, they don't get it, man. But you had yet to see it. I know, and I hated it the first time. But I, I, still, want, I still wanted to see it, even though people were talking so badly about it, I was like, no, it can't be that bad, he made Donnie Darko. It's got a... It's got, Something in it. The first time I saw it, Jesse, it was literally, and I say that like like an old British guy, literally, the worst single worst film I have ever seen in my entire life. Southland Tales. I wouldn't go that far. In my that when I when I got out of that theater, I saw it opening out of the Angelica, one of the only like ten theaters in the country showing it. I was living in New York, and uh, I got out, and I was like, "That's not a movie." I'm like, "Fuck!" <laughs> I'm like, "Fuck Richard Kelly." I'm like, "Fuck him." He 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 didn't even try. I'm like, he has no idea what's going on. I'm like, he didn't even try to do anything on this one. I'm like, forget, I'm like, yes, it was weird and cool and wacky and all that, but regardless, like, Brazil and those are the same sort of, you know, in the same vein, but fuck that. Brazil's about something. I was like, he wasn't trying to say anything with Southland. And then I gave it, like, a month, and for some reason I watched it again, and I read some, like, articles online that Kelly's talked about, like, the Book of Revelations and all the shit that ties into it, and I went back and watched it, and it's now in my top ten films of all fucking time. No film has ever switched that much. I am ashamed at how much I hated it. <laughs> like, not only was Richard Kelly trying to do something, he was trying to do more than any other... Like, it was, it's possibly the most ambitious film ever made. It probably is, without a doubt, the most ambitious film ever made. It's insane. It's batshit insane. <laughs> it's about nothing and everything at the same time, sir. So maybe I just need to watch it again. And you know what really helped me? And I, I link this to people when they ask about it. It's an article by Salon.com. They did this for Mulholland Drive, too. It's called, like, an exegesis. I don't know how to pronounce the word. But they basically break down every single confusing thing in the movie. And, like, Southland Tales makes sense. 
it literally has a logic and a science to it. And like I've I've gotten the chance to meet Richard Kelly a few times, and being the retard fanboy I am, <laughs> I uh, I've, I've asked him like Southland specific questions, and he's come back with like five minute like detailed answers that have blown my mind. Like he knows every single every single element in that film is not only on purpose but has a backstory and relates into everything else and like a mythology behind it. Like it's the most complete universe ever created. Like I do. Do you think that hurts him though? What do you mean? Yes, that no, that no one liked it. Yes. No, that people now see him as sort of the 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 outside guy that wants to make big ambitious movies that have a meaning, but nobody will ever get it. I don't know. I don't. I think the thing that hurts him is that Southland cost like twenty seven million dollars and it made three hundred thousand. That's rough. I I think that might hurt him. Like the film didn't gross a half a million dollars. It cost over. Well, he's got the box coming out, which I'm actually looking for. Got the late a year. Yeah, that yeah. could hurt. Yeah. Knowing, which is a film that I I don't know if he wrote or he he was nur- nursing it for a while. It's coming out soon with Nicolas Cage. It looks kind of cool actually. Knowing. Based, yeah, based off a uh, I think a Richard Matheson story or a Lovecraft story about um. Town has a time capsule that was started like in the fifties, right? Like an elementary school made right. this time capsule, and uh, they dig it up in like present day, and all the kids go get to go home with an envelope of one of the kids, you know, or excuse me, they get to, every kid takes out an envelope and looks through it, and in one of the envelopes, see the Richard Kelly version, I thought it was it was his envelope, it was a set of like twenty pictures, in the Nicolas Cage movie coming out, the the in the envelope is a piece of paper, and on it are like numbers. Numbers. You saw the trailer? Yeah, yeah. You showed me the trailer. Oh, so why aren't you fucking... Well, I thought you were explaining it to the fine people listening. <laughs> no, fuck them, dude. Fuck but them. Yes, I've seen the trailer with the plane coming in. Oh, yeah, dude, you're an asshole. I'm sorry, I, I was that just letting movie, you go. That movie, All that right. was a Richard Kelly script for a while. Like, he's got exciting fucking ideas and stuff, you know what I mean? Which I find intriguing. I, I, I love movies like that. I would it's love just, a commentary track on Southlands. I, I can't wait for the can cut if they ever put it on a DVD. I don't think they're going to spend money to put out another version. They just put out. They're putting out a Blu-ray. Well, that's Blu-ray. Yeah, but there are two editions now. I bet it's it's a cult. It's officially a cult film. It's gained that status already. It's, it's got what, its fan. The cult of Cohen. It's got its fan base. There's at least thirteen of us, maybe fourteen. <laughs> no, I bet Richard Kelly likes it. And his producer, Sean McKittrick, and uh, some of the cast. Some of the cast. if not, very few of them. No, I'm kidding. I, I mean. That's the other cool thing about that script. Anyone who read anyone who read Southland Tales and still chose to be involved in it had to know what was going on. Do you? They knew they were doing something different that wasn't commercially viable. Do you suggest the comics be read first? I do. I do. Because I haven't read them. It gives so. it a, a fuller experience. You need you. Let's put it this way: if you haven't read the comics, it takes you a good twenty to thirty minutes to even understand where you are or what's going on. Because the movie starts off at episode six of nine, the comics are one through six. So the way, the first scene of the movie, you're just already in the story. You remember? Yeah. That was the, the rock voiceover. Yeah, and, and um, Boxer Santero, the rock walking on the beach. All so much shit had already happened to that point that, like, as someone who had read the comics and then saw the film, I was like, "What is he doing?" When the first time I saw it, you know what I mean? I was like, holy shit, how, I was like, anyone who hasn't read the comics has got to be lost right now. So do you think most of those actors did it because they thought it would be huge? Do you think they did it because... No. 
Well, I don't know why they did it, and that's that's still the question I have. That's you think they did it because it was the guy that done Donnie Darko? Maybe. I think a majority. Like, do you think The Rock would be in an independent film? Uh yeah, I do. I think he's really trying to become try- more viable. I think he's re- not even viable. I think he's really trying to to, to prove himself, and he, I think he's doing a good job actually. I like The Rock as a personality on screen. Yeah. Like, I think he's great. Very charismatic. He's extremely charismatic. He comes off a super nice guy. You know what I mean? Like uh, I, I think I think he'll do I think he'll do anything to let people know that I'm not The Rock anymore. I'm Dwayne yeah, Johnson. Yeah. So I shouldn't have called him The Rock. I should just call him. I don't, but I don't know though because every film is different. Isn't that weird? Every time they release a Rock movie, sometimes it's a Rock movie and sometimes it's a Dwayne Johnson movie. I think he's officially Dwayne, Dwayne Johnson, Johnson now. now yeah. Those name switches bug me out. The weirdest one, <laughs> the weirdest one ever was uh, the girl from Crouching Tiger. She went backwards. Zhang Zee is not Z. Switched her name to yeah, Zee yeah. Zhang. I was like, start calling me Cohen, man. Yeah. <laughs> start it. Start it up. See if it catches. Be- you know why that is, though? Because in... In Chinese, that's... Yeah. So her first name was Z-E. Right. But we were all... So the... And we've been all... We've all basically been calling her Cohen Matt for, like, yeah, yeah. a while. So finally she was like, fuck you guys. I was in Rush Hour too. You can learn my name. So, uh, let me ask you a question. X. Speaking of... Ask me a question, Jess. Dwayne The Rock Johnson... Rocky Maya Name your favorite Maya Name your favorite film starring a wrestler. My favorite film starring a wrestler. Yes. I hope you're thinking the same one I'm thinking. Of. What are you thinking? Put on the sunglasses. Oh uh, yeah, I wasn't even thinking of They Live. Yeah, They Live, sir. Roddy Piper. Roddy Piper. What were you thinking? I thought you were going to say No Holds Bar. I don't even know what that is. Hulk Hogan and Zeus, Tiny I've never, Zeus Lister. I've never seen that. Oh, dude, you you have got there's to. There's a Hulk Hogan movie. There's a few. You ever seen Suburban Commando with Hulk Hogan? Oh wait, and no, Chris I Lord? saw. Yes, no, I saw one where he played like major. It was a dad. It was a babysitter dad. He had to watch these kids. He was like an army guy watching some kids, and they attacked the house. He I've never a, seen that. One. He was in a tutu on the poster. No, and then he was in another one down in Florida with like boat racing. I've never I have seen Hulk movies. I completely forgot. That was a while ago. So you've never heard of No Holds Bar and you've never heard of Suburban Commando. It had Christopher Lloyd in it. No, but I've seen another one. Dude, you would love Suburban Commando. called like Thunder Light, Thunder Light, Thunder Alley or Thunder... Fuck me, there's a Hulk movie. I don't know. Yeah. Dude, No Holds Bar, No Holds Bar is actually a wrestling movie. And there's this big guy, Tiny Zeus Lister. I know Tiny Zeus Lister. That... Is, is Friday, like Friday, and he's a president in uh, Fifth Element. He is the president in Fifth Element. Yeah, and he's, in, and he's in the Dark Knight. I thought you were thinking of the president from uh, Idiocracy. Who's that? What's, what's that guy's name? Uh, oh, fuck me. He was in Friday After Next. He was. He's in a lot of stuff. He was in um, Terry Crew. Terry Crew, yeah. Yeah, he was in... He does uh, Everybody Hates Chris, I think. He does. Yeah. But yeah, dude, you. we talked about this last week. You've really got to get caught up on your horrible... Not so great movies, but they're so horrible that you like I will. Them. I think you'd be a big. Dude, they live is a horrible movie. That I, I've got to disagree. I think they so live. horrible it's great. I don't find it. I, I think there's some. Like, you know, you know what's in that class? Possibly the best movie that's so bad it's good of all time. Little film with the nomenclature of uh, Deep Rising, starring Mr. Treat Williams and Miss Fonka Jensen. <laughs> you know what that is? Yes. Directed by uh, Stephen Summers, I believe. But, but that's just a bad movie. No, it, it's so bad, it's good. It's the most ridiculous fucking movie of all time. I saw that, and it's so it's so fun. You know, like, Snakes on a Plane should have been like that. 
Whereas it just wound up awful. I thought snakes on the plane was pretty funny. Nah, it was so stupid. It, it was remi- stupid. It reminded but... me of like a whole. It reminded me of a Jean Claude Van Damme film. Let's put it that way. Like low Did you budget. Hear the new one. JCVD. Have you seen the trailer? There's a tra- I didn't know there was a trailer. Uh, anyone listening to this, uh, do a Google search, uh, YouTube search for JCVD. It's the new Jean Claude Van Damme film that's been premiering at festivals and getting awesome reviews. I watched the trailer like ten times, man. It looks amazing. Speaking of wrestling, I'm really, really looking forward to the wrestling. And the, the I, Mickey Rourke thing. Yes, I, I, lo- I love Mickey Rourke, dude. It was like funny. I didn't know old Mickey Rourke. The first time well, like I ever, the, weeks, the first Rourke. time I ever saw Mickey Rourke in a film was Once Upon a Time in Mexico. Really? Yeah. You know he was in Bullet with Tupac. I never saw it. It's not worth seeing. But I think I've only seen one Tupac movie. Gridlocked. Above the Rim. Uh, yeah. Gridlocked is actually I might have seen Moments film. of Poetic Justice, but I've never seen Gridlocked. Is that one it's, it's Jim Belushi? No, it's gang-related. Uh, Gridlocked. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> I heard a joke the other day, man. Uh, I was reading it in Rolling Stone. It was David Cross was telling his favorite joke, right? They're asking, right, this is the second podcast in a row where we mentioned David Cross. Yes. You better get some money or something. You're on his dick. Uh, they go, what's your favorite joke in the world? He goes, uh, guy walks into a bar and he's talking to his friend. And he goes, how was your day, man? And he goes, oh, you'll never believe this. I fell out of a plane and I landed. But listen, I landed on, on a pile of mattresses. But then you'll never guess what happened. I bounced off the mattresses up into the air again. And his friend goes, oh, no, what happened next? He goes, I landed right in a marshmallow factory run by beautiful naked women. And they all, they all massaged me till I got better. And then they gave me money, bought me a car and drove me home. His friend, his friend goes, you must be the luckiest son of a bitch on the planet. And the guy goes, nah, that's Jim Belushi. I'm afraid I don't get it, but... Jim Belushi, the only reason he's not a plumber is because his brother was John Belushi. He's the, the least talented human being on the face of the earth. He was a canine. I don't know what that was. I think we've <laughs> talked about that before. Like, it, that's, I like that joke. Jim Belushi blows, man. He was in The Principal. Doesn't he have a sitcom? I, I believe so, yeah. The Life According to Jim. Yeah. He's just awful. You ever seen The Principal? He's good on no. The Principal. But you know who is a good sibling, or at least in recent years? Eric Roberts. He turned yeah. his shit up in the last yeah, two yeah. years, huh? Eric Roberts, the best of the best. Eric Roberts is kind of badass now. I don't know old Eric Roberts. That's, it was before my time. I, I've got to teach you. 80s people, you know, I don't... You, you teach me about some lower foreign films that I haven't seen like Battle Royale and such and, and uh, oh you. yeah you're gonna borrow that and, and right after this podcast I'm gonna about to make a stunning announcement and we're gonna leave it to the next one because it's this stunning uh, before the podcast we were thinking about possible <laughs> intros to use and because we were discussing Paul Newman and we wanted to kind of stay light and up I said hey why don't we go with Eric Idol's uh, Always Look on the Bright Side of Life and he was like oh this is a funny song and I'm like yeah of course you know what this is right from the end of Life of Brian you know when I describe the scene and he goes I gotta make an announcement. I go, what, Jesse? What? Tell me, please, Jesse, tell me. I have never in my 24 years of living seen a single Monty Python movie, show, anything. I've had Holy Grail on my uh, online queue for a while, but I I always move it down. I don't know why, because I've seen John Cleese in, uh, (laughs) are you okay, Matt? Look, I know stereotypes aren't usually true. Like, for the most part. Do you agree? But, like, fuck me, the South is backwards. What? The South has nothing to do with it. Dude, Monty (laughs) Pye. I have 14 discs for you to borrow, sir. 
14? That's just a show. Should I watch the show before the movies? Yes. And then you should watch Holy Ground and then Life of Brian and then fucking Meaning of Life and then watch Live at the Hollywood Bowl and then watch... Uh, don't watch it from now for something completely different because it's not a real movie. They reshot scenes from this show. So it's completely different. Yeah, kind of. You, so you don't even get what now for something completely different means. Oh my god. <laughs> You're like Nell. Um, what? Nell. The movie? Yeah. The Jodie Foster? You're like a girl who lived in the woods for 30 years and like doesn't know how to speak English and I have to reteach you. Dude, I had to leave the and South I, you're like, because of... Dead pad sketch in the wind. Dead parrot sketch in the wind. I had to leave the South because I was not your normal Southern kind of guy. I Explain in 30 seconds. About not being your normal Southern kind of guy? Yes, in t- now 26 seconds. <laughs> I chose to go to movies and read comics instead of hunting and lynching. So, it, I, I, I don't know. I just, I have never been a Monty Python kind of guy, I don't think. Just out of curiosity, who would a Native American lynch? A white person? I'm not saying I left the South because I was a Native American. Yeah, but no. I mean, literally, if there was a Native American lynch mob, who would they be lynching? They wouldn't be lynching anyone. They'd invite them over for Thanksgiving dinner. And on that note, I think we, uh, <laughs> we take a break for a week. We ponder who who would be involved in a Native American lynch mob because this Thanksgiving idea is ridiculous. I spend a week watching Monty Python shows. And I will dwell exclusively on the topic of who would Indians kill if... I'm going to give you some horrible movies to watch. What movies? I, I, Howard the Duck. I don't know. Uh, Howard Duck's not a horrible movie. Monster Squad. He, seen... She fucks a duck. <laughs> In 20 seconds, I'm going to tell you the two biggest revelations <laughs> of my life. Howard the Duck and Big. Watched them a lot when I was a little kid. Loved them. Went back and watched them this year. Leah Thompson fucks a duck, and the chicken Big fucks a 12-year-old boy. Yeah. I'm Matt Cohen. Jesse Rivers. This has been bagged and boarded, and it's been real. What, Jesse? Ariel, listen to me. The human world, it's a mess. Life under the sea is better than anything they got up there. The seaweed is always greener in somebody else's lake. You dream about going up there, but that is a big mistake. Just look at the world around you, right here on the ocean floor.